0: morning friends our scripture verses today are from exodus chapter 6 verses 1 to 13 and exodus 7 verses 1 to 13. but the lord said to moses now you shall see what i will do to pharaoh for with a strong hand he will send them out and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land god spoke to moses said to him i am the lord I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, For by my name the Lord did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived and sojourned. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the lord i will bring you out from under the burdens of the egyptians and i will deliver you from slavery to them i will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment i will take you to be my people and i will be your god you shall know that i am the lord your god who has brought you out from the, under the burdens of the egyptians i will bring you into the land that i swore to give to abram to isaac and to jacob i will give it to you for a possession i am the lord moses spoke thus to the people of israel but they did not listen to moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery so the lord said to moses go in tell pharaoh king of egypt to let the people of israel go out of his land but moses said to the lord behold the people of israel have not listened to me how then shall pharaoh listen to me for i'm of uncircumcised lips For the lord spoke to moses and aaron and gave them a charge about the people of israel and about pharaoh king of egypt to bring the people of israel out of the land of egypt and then we'll go over to exodus chapter seven and the lord said to moses see i have made you like god to pharaoh And your brother aaron shall be your prophet you shall speak all the command sorry you shall speak all that i command you and your brother aaron shall tell pharaoh to let the people of israel go out of his land but i will harden pharaoh's heart and though i multiply my signs and wonders in the land of egypt pharaoh will not listen to you then i will lay my hand on egypt and bring my hosts my people the children of israel out of the land of egypt by great acts of judgment the egyptians shall know that i am the lord when i stretch out my hand against egypt and bring out the people of israel from among them moses and aaron did so they did just as the lord commanded them and moses was eighty years old and aaron eighty-three years old And they spoke to pharaoh then the lord said to moses and Aaron, when pharaoh says to you For each man cast down his staff, and they became serpent. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Bless you, everyone.
1: Hey, guys, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you so much for your love for us. And we thank you, Lord, for the promise in your word this morning that reminds us of your faithfulness and your love, especially when we face disappointment and discouragement. And I pray that as we would uh, listen to your word and explore your word, you would indeed uh, encourage those who are listening today who are facing disappointment and struggling with what's going on in their lives. And we just ask that in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. What I'd like you to do as we begin is to think of a moment in your life where you faced uh, serious discouragement or disappointment. You may need a moment to kind of think about that. Perhaps you were uh, hurt by someone who said some things to you that you thought was a was a real friend. Or maybe uh, you encountered uh, a, just a brokenness in a relationship that really hurt you. Or maybe you lost someone who was very close to you and you're walking with that grief. This, uh, or, or perhaps you experienced something in your career or something at work or, or something in that sense, financial, that um, just fell through and your plans fell through and you are dealing or have dealt or will be dealing with the discouragement and the disappointment that that brings. This chapter is all about God responding to Moses in Moses' discouragement. And I just I want you to begin by recalling an event or or a person in your life who kind of embodies that disappointment or discouragement that you have faced before and just be aware of the the pain that that produces, maybe the anxiety or the anger that that produces, especially as we listen to what God would say to us today uh, regarding disappointment. Just as, as God wants to speak into Moses' disappointment and discouragement, I want you to come being very aware of the areas in your life where you are maybe struggling with discouragement or disappointment. And let's let God speak into those areas this morning. So just so we, as, a, as a kind of recap, God has called moses to be his servant to call uh his people the the hebrew people the israelite people out from under slavery to the pharaoh in egypt and god has called moses to say on his behalf let my people go let god's people go pharaoh has adamantly refused and then he makes it even worse by further um making the workload for the enslaved hebrew people even worse so he just he doubles down on his cruelty and his uh domineering and his power and so the people are crushed in spirit they just feel like it's worse than ever and now they turn on moses and aaron who just a little bit ago they were excited that they'd come they're they're amped up the thought of freedom it takes a turn for the worse and now they are turned against moses and Aaron, we talked about this last week that sometimes as we seek to be obedient to Christ, as we seek to follow God, there are seasons and moments of resistance, um, perhaps especially as evil is confronted, there is resistance that happens and as we seek to live for Jesus, we shouldn't be surprised when f- we walk through the valley times when things are difficult when we experience setbacks. And here we're seeing Moses grappling with his discouragement and his disappointment as he was seeking to be faithful, and it seemed like God didn't come through. And maybe you've been there before as well. So the people turn on Moses and Aaron. They're like, "You made the situation even worse." And Moses had thought, "Hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live. For, I'm going to live for God. Right? He doesn't know Jesus per se, but I'm going to live for the God who's revealing Himself to me, and I'm going to try and be obedient." And he thought, hey, may, hopefully things go well. And now he's incredibly discouraged. And if you look at the end of Exodus 5, 22, 23, it says, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why have you sent me? Since I came to speak to Pharaoh, he has done evil and you haven't done anything at all. And man, this is so easy to apply to our lives, right? It's like, God, as I have tried to live for you, it hasn't really gone the way I'd hoped. And sometimes it feels like, my life's even taking a turn for the worse. Where are you in all of this? What's going on? We could almost say either you you will face discouragement in your life, or you uh, have, or you currently are right. Either it's happened in your past, it's happening right now, or it, it'll happen down the road, or you will be disappointed with life and how it goes. Right? This is part of life. It's part of our Christian lives. And the the seasons where things don't go well, these are seasons of real struggle, of of real grief or pain or real discouragement, we get down. And maybe you have seasons in your in, in the year where you get down, or specific days where you just struggle with um, the pain of what's happened in your life. Maybe there's an, a significant anniversary that's particularly difficult. Or maybe it's a weekly thing. Maybe as you as you head back into work it's it's really difficult. Or as you come off of work and you're heading back home and there's issues at home, it's very difficult. For me, my day of discouragement is Saturday uh Saturday's a really hard day for me um Sarah can tell you about it i I often begin to become anxious about Sunday and I worry that it it won't go well or I will do something wrong or I will fail and and people won't respond or won't come or or somehow I'm not good enough and i I wrestle with those. Uh, feelings of insecurity and fear of failure. And I need to constantly reorient myself in in Jesus and who he's called me to be and my sense of calling and and the reality that this is not about me. This is about him, but he's called me to play a part. And I do want to do that. Well, I want to pastor well. And so I need to sometimes lay down my own worries and fears and allow God to come and bring his peace the the point is i struggle with this too and god wants to speak to us in our discouragement there's something here that we all need to hear today so he addresses moses discouragement in, in kind of three key ways he reaffirms that he will do the work in Moses' calling and mission god will do what he has set out to do then god reaffirms his covenant faithfulness to the people and finally he reveals more of himself and his plans in these seven I will promises, which is really great. So it starts out with with God reaffirming Moses' calling in the present, in the situation. Listen to what he says in verse 1. This is chapter 6, verse 1. He says, But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of the land. Moses was so discouraged because the meeting with Pharaoh had gone poorly, but God says, look, now you're going to see what I'm going to do. You see that you have no power in this situation, but now see what God is going to accomplish. God promises to come through and be God in the situation. And we can face some issue, some, some bondage or some unforgiveness. You fill in the blank and we can make that issue so big and we can feel so broken by it. And it's, it's, it is right for us to uh, engage with the emotions we feel as we are processing through something. But it becomes, uh, it, it, it's wrong for us. It, we, we will get lost in that thing if we don't also turn to Christ in the midst of it. We can feel so overwhelmed by it that we actually forget who God is. And in a sense, Moses, uh, God is saying to Moses here, you may feel Pharaoh is really big. You may feel the discouragement of this and the the people's response to this is really heavy on you. But now watch me be God in this brokenness. Your problem may seem to be Pharaoh, but really it's not your problem. We need to just let God be God in this situation. So God tells Moses, you know, Pharaoh won't just release you by the time I'm through. He's actually going to drive the people out. Moses doesn't know how that's going to happen, but he's learning to trust God and God's faithfulness. So, he, so God is inviting Moses to, to take his eyes off of the discouragement and put them back on him. And folks, we are called to take our eyes off of the brokenness that we see and the sense of overwhelmingness that that can sometimes cause us and turn our eyes upon Jesus uh, and look full in his wonderful face and allow his goodness and his grace to fill us up. God wants to lift our vision of who God is and we can be so discouraged but God is saying here you don't know the extent of the victory that I have planned in this moment so uh, God God you know meets Moses in the place where Moses says this just feels impossible and the answer is that Moses actually needs to learn more about who God is the extent of God's power and and presence and and person. Sometimes the reason I think that we can be in a sense of bondage or discouragement or that we don't walk in forgiveness is is too often we don't know how great God is or how good he actually is towards us and we feel trapped in the in in this thing. And God basically tells Moses here this work with Pharaoh isn't isn't really entirely based in you, right? I'm going to use you in my purposes, and my plan. You're participating in what I want to do. Be encouraged. I will see this good work through to completion. And I'm reminded what Paul says in in Philippians 1.6. It's a familiar passage. I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So in our discouragement hear how God wants to reaffirm that he is indeed at work in you. He is at work in me. He's reaffirming to Moses that he's got Moses. He's holding us. He's keeping him. he's, He's in charge of this whole situation. And for you today, whatever you might be going through, I pray that you would hear God's reaffirmation of his love for you, that he is present in this thing and he is keeping you and will bring his purposes to pass in this situation. That's the first thing. God reaffirms his presence and his purposes in the present situation. Second thing, God God reaffirms his covenant faithfulness to the people. This is verses 2 to 5. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Moses don't worry about Pharaoh. Don't worry about the responses of the people. Get your eyes off of yourself. Focus on me and remember who I am. And we can focus on all sorts of problems and issues in people, but forget to focus on God. Remember, God wants us to bring the, our feelings of brokenness and our hurts with, with us. Uh, with uh, with our hearts in in tune with with relationship with him to bring those things along as we engage with him not despite him verse three god says i appeared as god almighty but by yahweh the lord i had not made myself known so god is telling moses you're going to know me more deeply i made covenant promises to abraham isaac and jacob but now to moses and to these people will actually see god fulfill his promises God is revealing himself as the God that we can trust. And I pray that you know God as the God you can trust with your life, the one you can look to in the season or the moments of discouragement. This is where we begin, right? We don't begin with our problem, but with who God is and who he's revealed himself to be. And God says, I remember my covenant. You can rely on me. Start here with my faithful character. So God God is meeting Moses in his discouragement. First, he reaffirms that he's at work in the present situation, right? Now you'll see what I will do to Pharaoh. God is addressing the evil in the world. He's addressing Moses' discouragement and brokenness. It may not be quite in the timing Moses would like, but God says we will see this through i am with you in this season of difficulty the second thing is that god reaffirms his covenant faithfulness that he has promised this thing and will see it through turn your eyes upon god turn your eyes upon jesus and now finally he and, and that can be helpful for us as well to go how has god been faithful in my past like where have i struggled before and god has shown himself to be so good to me i need to encourage you know speak to my own memory speak to my own soul and say god has been good there is blessing that i can see him uh, at work in my life even though right now this just feels really this thing feels difficult right there's a there's a measure of, of being uh, looking back on what god has done in our lives and now finally god reveals more of who he is and his heart for the people with these seven uh, really really cool i will Promises, and I like what uh, Pastor Guzik, again, who I've been drawing on for this series. He uh, he says this. He says that God gives Moses a theology lesson. Theology, so you know, theology is not just like getting abstract information about God. So you like fill your head with facts about God stuff, right? Theology is about growing in our understanding of God so that our hearts and our minds and our hands, our whole person, is transformed. And our our theology, what we believe and say about God, shapes our doxology, how we worship. And how we worship shapes our praxis, how we live. You can think of it as an interconnected spiral. Our theology is for doxology, which is for praxis, which shapes our theology. So what we think about God shapes what we sing and proclaim in song and that's why it's really important to think about what we sing in worship songs is this faithfully proclaiming God's character as revealed in the Bible or is it proclaiming something else right is it centered on Christ and who he is and the in the message of the gospel or is it sentimental and mostly just about manipulating people's feelings there's worship songs that are largely kind of shaped that way. Uh, is the song well written? Is it actually, you know, thoughtfully done? Is it actually singable by the congregation? Is also one. Or is this like a a solo performance kind of song that's not really geared towards a congregational setting of worship? All of those questions are important for us because what we how we worship God and and what we say about God and as we proclaim his character shapes our thoughts, shapes our hearts, shapes our lives. And so God gives Moses, in this case, a lesson in theology of who he is, that he is loyal to his promises, that he really does love his people, and he really does love you. And so when we are exhausted in our despair or in our brokenness, God is drawing near to us and saying, I am. Now you're ready to hear more about who I am. And now note the change in verse six God has been speaking to Moses and now he wants to speak to Israel through Moses God says in your discouragement look to me I will see you through this is my heart I'm faithful and here's what I will do and so he's he's turning mo he's encouraged Moses and then encouraged him to speak that encouragement to the people there's a lesson in, in leadership there as well I think listen to these these I am or I will statements from These are sort of verses six through to uh, verses eight. He says, I'll bring you out. I will bring you out. I will rescue you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. I will bring you in and I will give it to you for a possession. And just think about those again. And I, I think this is a word for us today. This is not just a word for Israel at the time, but these reveal God's heart and God's heart is not changing. This is still revealing his desire for us, folks. I will bring you out, right? Some of us are in unhealthy places and we need him to deliver us. I will rescue you. Some of us are in bondage. Maybe it's a bondage to sin and we have no hope. God wants to rescue you. I will redeem you. You're enslaved and need to be set free. I'll take you as my people. Verse 7, you need a new identity in me to know who you are in me, in Jesus. I will be your God, he says. You're done with idols. You're done with setting up other things in your life as the thing you live for. Live for me. It's time for a new relationship. Verse 8, I will bring you in. There's a new life that awaits you now, today. And I will give it to you as a possession. These changes are real and they're lasting and i think today folks we need to hear god's heart for us in the midst of maybe your season of discouragement which of these i will statements strikes home for you and i encourage you to just meditate on that passage of scripture read it through slowly uh, twice three times and let the spirit let the holy spirit bring a word or a phrase to your mind and then just sit with that and pray into that and allow God to speak into that moment. Are you feeling you need to be rescued? Are you feeling you need to be redeemed? You need to be cleansed, that you need to be reminded that you are God's, that uh, He he has made you a part of his people. Where do you need to experience the saving grace of God today in your life? Let that be a turning point for you. God wants to bring you out and to make you his own and to bring you in and he has done that through the son through Jesus Christ came to bring us out of our sin to bring us into forgiveness to heal our brokenness to teach us how to live to call us back into relationship with God and to adopt us and make us his own and to abide in us and we enter into that new life-giving relationship by repenting of our sin and believing that Christ did indeed come. He died and He rose again for us. And this is the key, folks, for all of us. If you're nothing else this morning, is that Jesus and a relationship with Him is the ultimate encouragement. In our disappointment, He's promised to go before us, to bring us to Himself, to return and to make His dwelling with us, where we will all be made new and He will wipe every tear from our eyes, where the sorrow and the pain and the grief will be no more. And that's the hope and the promise that we have as Christians in Christ. There will come a day where He will make all things new, set our world to right, and He will. Uh, you know remove and heal us of of our discouragement of the pain you've experienced of the grief and the loss and the brokenness So here's how God responds to the disappointed Moses, right? There's words of encouragement that he'll act in the present. He reaffirms his covenant faithfulness, both in the present and in the past. And then he reveals his heart and all he will do in the future to deliver and to rescue and so on. And the way God phrases this as though it's not just off in the distance somewhere, but it is a sure and certain thing. God will do this. And now Moses gives the word to Israel, right? He's supposed to say this to Israel. And how do they respond? Well, it's really disappointing. <laughs> this is verse 9. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel that they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery, the anguish of spirit and their cruel bondage. God is offering them hope and life, and they don't listen. And what's what's frustrating is they had actually just gone to Pharaoh looking for an offering of hope. But when God came with an open arms offering his hope in his life, they pushed him away. It's like they think it's easier to stay in bondage than to choose to come out of it through God. And some of us are like that too. It, it's like God's hands are outstretched, but we're so used to our slavery. We're so used to our our being uh, broken or, or we're so used to feeling down on ourselves. We're so used to our sinfulness that we believe, well, this just isn't for me and maybe it's for other people, but not for me. There's no way God would actually forgive me of all this nonsense I've done in my life, right? There's no way that this pattern of thinking or living where I'm down on myself all the time and I, or I lash out at people or whatever, there's no way that can actually change, but that's just not true. You don't have to be trapped in bondage any longer. You don't have to be enslaved to your sin any longer. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to transform our hearts out of our sinfulness and to give us a new heart and a new spirit and, and to renew our minds and to save us. And when we push God away, I think that's a sign that something needs to be restored when we resist God like that. Verse 10, so the Lord said to Moses, it's kind of like, okay, the people don't get it, but God's still doing his thing, right? The people are like, we, uh, but God says, okay, Moses, You go in and tell Pharaoh to let them go. Get back in there, Moses. This isn't over yet. And Moses says, Israel's not listening. People have not listened to me. This is verse 12. How should Pharaoh listen to me? I'm of uncircumcised lips. Now, what does that mean? I think likely it means he thinks he's personally unfit or unclean to fulfill the task. And could it be that Moses is saying, God, I feel too sinful for you to be so faithful to me so what is why do we push god away sometimes the major reason is we know deep down we are broken and we are sinners we don't deserve grace and there's something in us that maybe knows that we feel unworthy and so we push god away but what does the cross of christ tell us friends it tells us it doesn't matter that you're unworthy that is actually true but jesus died to To put his worthiness and his righteousness on to you. He died to cleanse you of your sin and guilt and shame. And that's what we need to hear when we are discouraged. That Jesus knows the me who gets discouraged and he gave his life for me even in my sin and even in my brokenness and even in the moments where I feel it's hard to trust him because of how my life's gone. He's still here for me today to give me peace and to walk with me through this valley, whatever it is. And that's incredibly hopeful for us, isn't it? And then we get this genealogy bit and we skip this in the reading. But basically it's it's reminding us this is real people, real history that this is happening to. And, and notice, notice who Moses lists here. It's the sons of Reuben, Simeon. Uh, and And Levi, coming down the family of Moses and Aaron, and sort of establishing the priestly lineage, and then it goes back to Moses' objections at the end of chapter six. I think it's neat. think of it this way Moses is it's like he's looking back at the tribe of Levi maybe maybe you're looking back right now at your mistakes and your failures, or you just feel hopeless about how life has gone and and some of you maybe are doing that. But I want, I want you to, I want you to look back at something else instead. Instead of looking back at your failures or your disappointments, look back at the one who came from the tribe of Judah, the descendant of the kings who gave his life as a perfect substitution for our sins. And he took your sin and mine and our shame and our unbelief. And he bore it on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Moses couldn't see that but we can look back and see that today. In Jesus, God gives us what we need. We might think, I am unworthy. And Jesus says, you're right. You're not worthy. But all of that's been satisfied at the cross. I love you. Even though you have, you are broken and you have messed up. And God wants to give you his goodness and his forgiveness and his new life. And this is where we just say, God, I turn to you and I believe And I receive it. And that is for all of us, but especially for those who have never given their lives to Christ to come today and say, God, I just repent of my sin and I need you to come and free me from my brokenness and help me to straighten my life out. I just want to receive your grace and your love and your mercy and help me to walk out my life for you, Jesus, and to follow you. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again. And I want to live for you. So Moses and Aaron they go back, they're now recharged with the word of God and and that God will bring his word to pass. They show Pharaoh the signs and Pharaoh responds with his magicians, whether through trickery or dark supernatural powers or whatever, it doesn't really matter. They do similar signs. The indication is clear. Aaron's stakes, snake staff eats theirs. And so whatever limited powers the magicians have are going to be swallowed up by the true power Of Yahweh, And and we switch from the God who promises his redemption and his hope and discouragement in chapter six, beginning to bring it about in chapter seven. And yes, there's resistance and yes, it's trying for Moses and Aaron, but the key here is not that Moses is a hero. The key is that God is faithful even when people aren't. And that includes you and me. God has come to redeem us and to rescue us and to deliver us and to make us his own. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost, says Paul. 1 Timothy 1.15 For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10.45 And today God extends that same invitation to you, friend, who's watching this. And he... He wants us to come just as we are with the disappointments we might have, with the discouragement we might be facing. And Christ has come to offer us his hope and his compassion. It may be a process of transformation that you're in, but that process is begun and fulfilled through God who gave his life for you to rescue you and redeem you out of sin and out of bondage and into new life. And I'm reminded of Jesus' heart. Uh, reflected in his his mission which is which is the same as god's heart here for israel that he came to bring good news to the poor to set the captive free to bind the brokenhearted and to set free those who are bound proclaim freedom for the captives that's the other one i was trying to say but i think especially in this context of 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 god's love and grace upon us in seasons of discouragement this picture of god binding our wounds right and he's there with open arms to receive us in our brokenness when we're discouraged with a, with a never stopping, always and forever unbreaking love. And so I just encourage you today, if you're in a place of discouragement, you're disappointed, people have let you down, you've let yourself down, uh, whatever it might be, you're hurting. Come to Christ, come to Jesus, let him encourage you. Just as Moses turned to God in his brokenness and then God spoke and declared his goodness and his encouragement and his faithfulness, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, I pray you would come today and experience the love and grace of Christ as he wants to bring his peace and his love and and bind up the wounds in your soul today. Amen. So children of God who are loved and forgiven in our Lord Jesus Christ, may you know the encouragement of God in the seasons of discouragement and disappointment. May you know his peace and his presence with you as you navigate your own emotions and frustrations and anger and anxiety. May you know the comfort and the grace and the binding of wounds that Christ has come to bring to you today. And may you stand and rest in the goodness and the salvation of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. Have a great week. I do love you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.